0: You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home.
1: The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio drama. I'm Jack Ward, here with my co-host of the most, David Alt, And in helping to build this place, you know, I get the odd opportunity to indulge myself.
0: Is this a reference to the fact that I should be singing, Happy birthday to you, uh mr Wood. Mm? Mm?
1: well it's almost as if it comes around on the show date once every seven years or so <laughs> uh, today i'm going way back to 2011 and the first three shows of kyan chris conroy's the account i can't believe i've been plugging his comedy so long and i haven't spent nearly as much time on his exciting running series so here we are back to the beginning and in the spirit of short time it all begins right here
0: on the sonic society
2: Okay. That's the last of the stuff. I think we're all settled in. Well, it didn't take you very long at all. I'm impressed with your efficiency. Yeah, well, despite outward appearances and behaviors to the contrary, we're actually not as pampered as we look. We're used to roughing it a little bit. I promise not to treat you as amateurs, then. Thank you very much. So, Cole. Yes. You said you were going to tell us what you know, so why don't you rewind back to the beginning and give us a rundown. Well, first... Hold it, hold it, hold it. Before we get started, this is important. Here, Hanover, take that. Okay. Marshmallows? Well, of course. Who has a campfire without marshmallows and sticks to roast them on? Uh, I'll just get started. Yeah, thanks, Nero. I... <laughs> Have these been soaked in rum? What's your point? Uh, nothing. I'm just wondering if it's wise to roast a rum-soaked marshmallow over an open fire. <laughs> ah! Not sure what you mean. Just give me a stick, would you please? In case you're wondering, Cole, the comedy routine is non stop, so if you don't like that sort of thing, you're kind of screwed. Oh, it's fine. It's a nice change from knocking around the outback on my own. So, have you been a ranger your whole life? Believe it or not, I actually started my career as a molecular biologist. Did that for four years before I realized I really didn't like being indoors that much. This is sort of the other extreme, isn't it? Well, I've also discovered I'm not the most social bugbear in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do like other people and all. It's just that they're even nicer when you've taken a nice long break from them. Though, to be honest, the real appeal is scientific, though. The discovery aspect. Seeing things no one's ever seen before. Cataloging it, taking photographs, making notes, bringing that back to civilization so others can come out and do an investigation. And finding ruins? Well, that is where the paycheck is. Finding some remnant of a civilization that no one's ever found before. Marking it on your map... Take it to an adventurer's guild and then lead them back. And Is that what you did with this one, or did you call Metadine first? Well, normally with an anomalous ruin like this, I skip the adventurer's guild and go straight to a scientific organization. Hmm. And then I saw the words Ave Nova on one of the flyers back there. I called Metadine straight away. Huh. Besides, I have a pretty good working relationship with Rayburn. Not to mention Metadyne's standing reward for any angel-related information. Well, you make it sound like that's a bad thing, Miss guild. Oh, heaven forbid. I love a good bonus. Who doesn't, though? But I would have called him first anyway. I owe Rayburn quite a lot. He's been very, very helpful to me over the years. Yeah, he tends to be like that, doesn't he? Okay, let me try and take a stab at being officious and responsible and company investigator-like and stuff. Oh, this will be a change. Change. It'll be more like a red-letter day. Well, somebody has to do these things. Yes, but it's never one of us. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it was going to go well. I just said I was going to do it. Cole, could you take us back three weeks to when you first found this place? You'd be happy to, Sir Phillips. Well. I was just sort of tramping through this section of the off-road looking for anything that might be out of the ordinary. Some unique flora or fauna is mostly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Nothing out of the ordinary, though. Just basic varietal evolutionary variations on stuff we already find in the Midlands. Birds, flowers, that kind of thing. Right. Then I came to this area near the marsh. And that's when I noticed that there was a lot less sound than I was comfortable with. What, you mean like a it's quiet, too quiet kind of thing? Oh, no, no. This wasn't Quiet. Quiet is when you're not around civilization or other people and all you can hear are the sounds of nature. This wasn't even silence. Silence is when everything drops away and you suddenly think you might be in some kind of danger. That particular lack of noise is pregnant with all kinds of horrible possibilities around you. No, this was a lack of sound. Except for the wind. The only noise there is whatever you bring with you. If you're there alone and you stand still and just listen... After just a minute, all you'll hear is your own heartbeat. That sounds a bit unnerving. Yeah. Which brings me to you, Nero. What were you trying to tell me back in the truck on the way here? Yes. While we were standing next to the ruin, I opened up my senses to see if I could feel anything possibly related to the angels. I don't know. And? And there's nothing there. And like Cole said, it's not just quiet. It's empty. It's void. It's like there's a space missing. You said Metadon had already sent a research team through here? About a week after I found the place. They left four days ago, and here's a copy of their findings. Not very conclusive, I'm afraid. Did every sort of standard field testing, I assume? The entire battery, as far as I know. I've been over the report myself several times. I can't find anything out of the ordinary. So they found nothing at all? Nothing physically different about the area compared to the surrounding area. No background radiation, no traces of magic, no traces of psychic phenomena, no traces of time or space distortion. Nothing. Of course, it seems that it's that nothing that appears to be bothering them the most. That's a fairly robust marshland over there, Miss Guillaume. Filled with plants, certainly, but you won't find a fish or an insect or a bird will go anywhere near it. No animals will touch the place. Is that why you didn't want us setting up camp nearby? No. It's because there's something in that marsh. Something that's not an animal, you mean? It's detailed in the back chapter of the report under anomalous incidents, but I'll give you my take on it. As a ranger, I have to live by my senses. It's life or death out here. What I can take in as information makes all the difference. Even in the deepest of silences, I know when something's there. My training and my abilities are that good. Have you have been alone somewhere in complete quiet, and you have this uneasy feeling you're being watched. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I'm afraid you won't be feeling that here, because I certainly never have. And that makes it all the more disquieting when you find yourself walking back along a path that you just passed, and you saw a large branch lying across the middle of it, And now on your return trip, it's been snapped as if something stepped on it. But you never sensed a thing. You never heard anything. Or standing by the edge of the marsh and suddenly getting splashed from behind and turning to see that the entire marsh has been disturbed as if something very large has just moved under the surface. Or glimpsing over your shoulder just in time to catch a large group of reeds moving back into place as if something had pushed them aside. Only there's nothing there. That Metadyne team that came here analyzed the water, they analyzed the reeds, they did sonar scans, they did radar scans, they did Doppler scans, psychic magic, you name it. There's nothing out there in that marsh. The only thing they could say with certainty, every last one of them, and I will swear to this as well, is that the place is extremely disturbing. And the idea that there's some sort of large undetectable presence in there lurking about the marsh isn't the only reason people won't sleep there. One of the researchers did an experiment. He decided to take a nap because he was tired just to see what would happen. His report I, I just there. saw that. I just saw that here. Tyler called, sound analyst, on the effects of sleeping inside the research area. He said the experience left him not refreshed at all but rather drained, feeling a lot fuzzy afterwards and, quote, you know how sometimes when you fall asleep you know you've dreamed but you can't remember it when you wake up? Well, here when I woke up, I knew I dreamed. But it felt like someone had taken the dream away from me. Ah. Huh. How very pleasant. What say we move on to the hospital and away from the landscape? Uh, if you're trying to get away from the creep factor, I hate to tell you this, but the hospital's probably worse than the Mars. Yeah, I know. I kind of figured as much, but I have kind of a creepy quota. And I'm approaching its limit at the moment, so let's just move on with right. it. Oh, for crying out loud, Phillips, are you telling me after everything we've been through together this stuff still gives you the willies that bad? Well, I don't know, Turvey. What do you say we take a little informal poll here? Hands up anybody who's got a serious case of the heebie-jeebies. All right. Fair enough. Right. Okay, let's do a count here. There's me, Cole, Nero, and you, Turvey. Hey, I never said I wasn't creeped out. I was just trying to give you a hard time. So, Cole, creepy hospital then. Well, it's a three-floor building with a car park, as you saw. The lowest levels are submerged inside the marsh, so they're relatively inaccessible. No power whatsoever. Any sort of light sources or power sources you bring in tend to be a bit... Unreliable. No detectable levels of magic or supernatural power, according to the report, though. None whatsoever. Apart from the Ave Nova flyers you talked about, is there any other documentation in the building? We found a lot of things littering the offices, floors, and on the desks and such, but it's mostly generic things like shift schedules, and patient reports, that kind of thing. Most of the file cabinets were empty, though. Looks as though they cleared the place out, and by the state of the building, it was in a hurry. Were there dates on the reports or any of the other documentation that you found there? Any indication when this might have happened? The most recent one we found was from about a year ago, Earth Time. Well, that's no help. I'm still waiting for the creepy shoe to drop, Cole. Well, it won't leave you in suspense, then. First up is the graffiti. There's instances of it around the entire hospital. Most of them are this. What we know is the Ave Nova glyph, spray-painted onto walls with fluorescent orange paint and then violently scratched out with a sharp implement, probably a scalpel. The rest of them are done in black paint, possibly a magic marker, and they're a bit more cryptic. Let me see. You shall know thy song by the beat of thy wings. He nests within the place of punishment. Tears fall like hammers? A few of these look like symbols from ceremonial magic. Yeah, I've seen that kind of stuff before. Those are protection wards. They're designed to keep something out mm. or in. They were painted on or around most of the doors in the building, especially in the patient areas. Wonder if it worked. I notice this number keeps repeating. One, four, four. It's scrawled on a lot of the walls and floors around the building. Mm. But I'll do you one better than that. Turn the page. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, you had pretty much the same reaction we all did. What are we even looking at? That is a black and white photocopy of a human hand, male, most likely a patient, judging from the identification bracelet on the wrist, with the number 144 carved into the palm with something sharp and jagged like a piece of glass or metal. The picture below that is a photograph one of the researchers took of the room where he found this, and if you'll notice, every square inch of the walls are literally covered with thousands and thousands of that same photocopy. We're all sharing the same tent tonight, right? We're all sharing the same sleeping bag, if I have anything to say about it. So we try to act a little professional here? We do have company, you know. All right, all right. Point well taken, Turvey. We should ask first. Cole, you don't mind sharing a bed with a bunch of chicken shits, do you? Well, I was going to take first watch this evening, but after that, I'm pretty much up for anything. See, I hate this job. This would be fun under different circumstances. Oh, for crying out loud. Anything else we need to know about, Cole? Last two pages. Photographs taken from around the hospital of interior sections of walls and doors that have been destroyed by something large and very, very strong. There's a picture of the second floor break room and this one of one of the meeting rooms on the third floor where people had tried to barricade themselves in presumably from whatever that was. Looks like it didn't work. What about the St. readers on Earth? If this is the same building at some future point or something like that, is there anything Metadyne's going to do about it? There's not a whole lot they can do other than keep it under observation. They don't have the authority to close the place down because they don't own it. They do have a strike team standing by to evacuate the place if something goes terribly wrong, but until then. How many people are in that building currently? Between patients and staff, probably less than a thousand. It varies by day to day. It's not a huge hospital, but still, that's a lot of people. (sighs) Fuck you, angels. All right. We start our investigation first thing in the morning. We get in there, we figure out what the hell is going on, and we put a stop to it. I know as plans go, that's a little vague and generalized, but that's the best I've got right now. Well, that works for me. I'll second that motion. Done and done. Why don't you three turn in and get some sleep, and then I'll take the first watch. We need a night watch. Does anything happen during the night? Not so far, no, but... uh... You see if that stops me. You sure you want to do that? You look like you've been up for a really long time. I'll be fine. Ranger's life is like that, you know? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm a bus driver and I'm used to long shifts with no sleep. Give me three hours and I'll swap you out. You can take a load off. Deal. I won't even argue that point. Much obliged, Turvey. Oh, and Cole, I don't know how well I'm going to sleep tonight with all this going on, so I might still be awake three hours from now. You're still welcome to share my sleeping bag. Hey, I thought I was sharing your sleeping bag. You are. Oh. Well, in that event, yes. Tart. Flirt. Brony. Go to bed already! Jesus. Night, everybody! Fortunately, I had the presence of mind to get the extra-large, extra-comfy sleeping bag. As opposed to those cotton-filled gunny sacks that Rayburn sprung for there. Doesn't that look inviting? Hmm. I mean, unless you'd rather spend the night like five pounds of potatoes in a duffel bag. Hanover. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it looks really comfortable, street. Good job. What? What is it? Six months. It's been six months since Eastling. Yes, and you were training and getting stronger for this very purpose. I told Rayburn that something like this would happen again if we waited too long. The angels are out there playing games with people's lives, and I'm playing catch-up. Six months worth. Hey, I told you before, this isn't just your fight anymore. You do not carry the weight of this by yourself. I just hate this. Good. Then hone that hatred into something constructive. And you don't get to take responsibility for the actions of your enemies. Not when you were doing what you needed to do. And now you're back. We all are. Stronger than ever. So tell me, what shall we do? Shall we rock? By all means. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go outside and find the nearest piece of shrubbery that resembles a toilet. Why don't you turn in and try to get some sleep? I will. Thanks. I thought I turned you off. And what sort of servant would I be then, master? The hospital. Do you have any idea what's there? Inconclusive. Not enough data. You know, for a computer, you're not very helpful sometimes. Shall I continue my vigil? No. I think it'd be better if you got some sleep, too. Oh, so. I've been listening to The Account, A Tale of the Waking World, The Lightning for Hire, Part 2. Written and performed by Kyan Chris Conroy as part of the Technical Difficulties podcast series. To contact me, it's techdiff at gmail.com. If you'd like to comment on this show, you can go to techdiff.com or comment over at twitter.com slash techdiff or look for technical difficulties on Facebook and Google. To be continued next time on The Account, A Tale of the Waking World. Ramray, I'm a Baltic bird. I'm a red bird. Ramray, now for the walls on the mountains to the east, King of England, the Latin France. I'd rather my legs as used to be than the King of Spain. Yeah, there it is. Pull it over there. Got it. Back time too Take it, you must be Hanover Phillips. Uh, yeah, that's me. Cole Harriman, I presume? That would be me. Uh, Sorry if we made you wait a bit long, but uh, we got held up back there where there was a uh, person herding a flock of something across the road. Mustard sheep. Mustard sheep? Well, I'm sure there's a scientific name for them somewhere, but they're yellow and they sort of remind me of sheep, so I call them mustard sheep. Uh, Cole Harriman, this is my associate, Nero Guillaume. His squire, actually. Oh, that's right, Sir Hanover uh, Phillips. Yeah. it is. I do apologize. Phillips or Hanover, both fine. Forget about the sir part. Yeah, though. the whole honorific thing kind of weirds him out. Thanks. Yeah, so what I call you Squire uh, Guillaume, then? Oh, just call me sexy beast, everyone does. You know, you keep saying that, but I've never heard anyone besides Phillips ever call you that, and that's only when you're twisting his arm. Well, you don't walk in the same circles as me, do you? Thankfully not. No, I don't think my nervous system could take it. And this is Turvey. He's my, uh... Driver! (laughs) Why do you have such a problem with that? Only because... Hang on, hang on. You get a driver in your own private bus if you're a knight? Boy, uh, being a ranger is the wrong line of work. It's a little bit more complicated than just that. I mean... Actually, no, it isn't. Yeah, I have my own private bus and a driver and a squire. Being a knight totally rocks. It balances out, though. We go out of our way to make his life a living hell on a daily basis. And do our best to humiliate him in front of total strangers wherever possible. Right, Scooter Pie? See? Totally rocks. Pleased to meet all of you. So tell me, how much should Rayburn fill you in on this situation? Um... Actually, his message was kind of sketchy. Now, Phillips, I need you to listen to this information and follow each step to the letter. It is absolutely crucial that you do so. Uh-huh. I'm sending you GPS coordinates and a route. It may seem a bit out of the way and may take you days to complete, but it is worth it. It is for your protection, I assure you. Uh-huh. Now, once you get to this location, you're going to meet a bugbear ranger by the name of Cole Harriman. Mm-hmm. Disembark the bus and follow him into the off road, where he will show you something so amazing, mm-hmm. so terrifying, mm-hmm. so mind blowing, uh-huh. it will rewrite your vision of reality as you know it. And exactly how is it going to do that, Mr. Rayburn? Never you mind. I don't want to spoil the surprise. Now, for security purposes you're going to need a disguise. I recommend that you go there wearing only lacy underthings. And once you're done with this message, I need you to destroy it by eating it, preferably with a bonnet sauce and perhaps a nice cabernet. Anyway, no more time to talk. This has been a recording from your fearless leader, Mr. Rayburn. Kiss, kiss, Phillips. Have I told you how much I hate you? Not since the beginning of this phone conversation, no. So as you can see, he left out a few details. And we couldn't even convince him to wear lacy underthings. Bad, Hanover. So if you could be so kind as to Phillips, in we can get this investigation or whatever it is underway well i'm an independent contractor and i'm not generally one to fall on the side of management uh but to be honest what i've got to show you is so strange that um well i think maybe you better just come along and see it for yourself Oh, for the love of god why does everybody i meet have to be so damn cryptic all the time why don't you just come out and tell us what it is well because like most midlanders i love the look of shock and confusion on people's faces when they're surprised by something they thought they'd never see Well, he's got us there. Yeah, pretty much nailed it. Yeah, I can't argue with that either. Okay, lead on, Mr. Harriman. That I will. Why don't you get your gear onto my truck, and then I can officially welcome all of you to the off-road. The wild and weird frontier. Oh, if only you knew the half of it. Technical Difficulties presents The Account, A Tale of the Waking World, The Lightning for Hire, Part 1. Forgive me for assuming that all three of you have been off-road before. I've done my share military, <coughs> corporate assignments, that kind of thing. Yeah, I had to take <laughs> ranger and tracking training for my job, so I'm set. How about you, Hanover? Just for the survival stuff that you learn in school in case you get lost out here. I've been off-road, but certainly never this far. Well, as you know, the further you get away from the road, the less distinct the spaces get. Go too far out, and you might never find your way back without special training. Or run into hitherto unknown monsters, weather conditions, or hostile natives who aren't part of the Midlands. Sounds peachy. Do we have to worry about anything like that? No, not that I'm aware of. There don't seem to be any sentient beings or large predators where we're going. So what do we have to worry about? Oh, just you ways. It'll make more sense when we get... All right, well, it'll be clearer when we get there. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I smell more than a simple meet and greet on this one, Turvey. This could take a while. Do we have enough supplies? Oh, yeah, we should be good. We got rations, water purifiers, energy packs, first aid kits, heat, lights, and shelter. Good, good. And did you, um... Did you bring the, uh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Everything from season two up to and including last week's episode. Cool. We'll be fine then. No problem. Are you two still going on about that damn show of yours? Honestly, that's the last time I leave you unsupervised for six months. You're supposed to be adults. Ignore her, Tevye. She's clearly not one of us. What are we talking about now here? It's called My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. It's a cartoon made for eight-year-old girls on Earth, and these two supposed grown-ups are obsessed with it. My Little Pony? Friendship Friendship is is magic. magic. Whatever. It's a cute little cartoon about ponies who live in a magical land and learn all kinds of valuable lessons about friendship. Oh, I see. Yes, and it's probably going to wind up being a topic of conversation before very long. So when that happens, don't be surprised if I suddenly turn to you as a bastion of intellectual stimulation, Cole. Well, I'll do my best to keep you occupied with more adult-themed entertainment then, Miss Gill. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. You're welcome. She's an evil enchantress. What? She does evil dances. Uh, and if you look, look deep, deep in her eyes, she will put you in trances. But what would she do? She'll mix up an evil brew and gobble you up in a big tasty stew. So... Watch, watch out! <sighs> Bro, hoof me topside, would you please? Brony for life. If any of you so much as hum that winter wrap-up song, I swear I'll kill you all. This is it ah is that a hospital yes it certainly is on the off road in the middle of a marsh Mm -hmm. it is that too but it you see it's that look of confusion on your faces right there that makes the whole trip worthwhile how did uh, uh, hang on reset Okay, you said there were no civilizations around here. There aren't. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. Certainly not one technological enough to put up a structure like that. Structure my ass? That is a modern hospital. Well, modern might be stretching it. Judging from the state it's in and all the overgrowth, it must have been abandoned here a long time ago. Oh, I'll do you one better than that, Servi. As a ranger, ruins dating is one of my specialties. That building has been sitting on this spot for at least a hundred years. A hundred years? That building is contemporary architecture. You can go to any city in the Midlands and find a modern building like that. Not to mention modern materials and a parking ramp. You can't be right on that dating. I like to tell myself that every day that I'm here because it would help me sleep better at night, but unfortunately all my evidence seems to suggest otherwise. Now I'm going to pull up a photo on my phone here and show it to you. Because kids, this is where things get weird. Oh, now it gets weird? This ought to be good. This is a photograph of a hospital outside of Salem, Oregon, United States of America, Earth called St. Rita's. What do you think? Well, except for the aging, the two buildings look identical. That's because they are identical. That building we're standing near is St. Rita's. I... but when did... how... what... why is it... how did it get... Oh, wait, we're here to find that out, aren't we? <sighs> you really gotta get used to this job one of these days. Okay, Cole, let's try to approach this so we have some semblance of rationality attached to it. Mm-hmm. If that's St. Rita's, when did it disappear from the Earth? Oh, I was so hoping you would ask me that. <sighs> Metadyne, as you know, is very good about keeping its employees inside the loop, so I get daily updates from them whenever I get close enough to the road to pick up the satellite. Mm -hmm. Um, That picture I showed you of that hospital, Uh St. Rita's, Salem, Oregon, United States, Earth, is current as of 15 hours ago. And when was this place discovered? Well, as of tomorrow, it'll be three weeks since I first stumbled across it. Okay, so it's a 100-year-old replica of a building that didn't exist when it was built on the off-road. Or it's the same building existing at two different points in space and time. Yeah. Or this is a future version of that hospital. Or the whole thing could just be a big coincidence. I find that highly unlikely. Well, it's not unprecedented. You ever heard of the Phantod ruins? No. There's a mountain range in the lower part of the highlands. Inside there they found a cave, and inside that cave they found an ancient ruin. It was a town carved out of volcanic rock. Turned out to be a point-for-point detailed replica of a fishing village on the far eastern part of the Midlands. A fishing village that at that point had only existed for about 30 years, and those ruins were millennia old. You find odd cases like this all through history if you know where to look for them. Some of these strange little reality hiccups that no one can explain. Is that what you think is going on here? Of course not. Don't be stupid. So has Metadyne sent any research teams through here yet? Been and gone and on standby, evidently pending the results of your investigation. Which brings me nicely to my next question, which I probably already know the answer to. Why call us? Because on the first pass through the building, we found these littering the floor and pasted up all over the walls. Uh Oh. Nero, Turvey, have a look at this. It's a hospital informational brochure brought to you by Ave Nova for a bright future. Hmm. Very impressive print job for a hundred years ago. Although the effect of the happy families is a little bit ruined when you notice that all of their eyes have been burned out with something hot and their faces X'd out in red. Were all of them like this? Every last one of them. and There are hundreds in there. Well, no wonder Rayburn sent us along. Yeah, this level of creepy is usually just our speed. So, should we get started? No, not right now. It's getting a bit late. I should take you over to my base camp and get you all set up. We're not camping here? Oh, no, no, no. We're back a bit. You don't want to sleep by the marsh. Why? I'll explain that over dinner. And answer any of your questions, shall we? I got one question before we go. What would that be? Who's Saint Rita? She's Catholic. The patron saint of lost causes. Lovely. Lovely. You have been listening to The Account, A Tale of the Waking World, The Lightning for Hire, Part 1. Written and performed by Kaya and Chris Conroy as part of the Technical Difficulties podcast series. You can comment on the show over at techdiff.com, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com techdiff, and look for Technical Difficulties at Google Plus and on Facebook. And don't forget to follow Nero Goblin at twitter.com slash Thank you for listening. See you next time on The Account. And there it is—the first official chapter of the account. Jeez, did I scare the hell out of you just now? Sorry, I always do that. Boo. Um, the uh, yeah. So uh, if you didn't know, Nero does have a Twitter account that I don't update very often, but I've got to get back on that because I've got to get a grip on this whole social media thing. And it's uh, Twitter.com/slash/NeroGoblin. Uh, just look for her, Nero Guillaume over on uh, over on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, that's the account kicked off. Just as a quick backstory, uh, there wasn't an episode last week if you didn't follow, uh, if you don't follow any of my social media stuff, but um, actually, well, yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, the, um, well, there was an episode last week, but there was, it was, you know, there was no account last week. All right. All right. Anyway, Anyway, the point is, I was supposed to be doing these mini-episodes during the week, and I didn't get around to doing them because I got caught up in a bunch of stuff. And this week, my wife had to go to the hospital. Nothing serious. If you follow her Facebook account, you'd know that she had to go in for a colonoscopy. And that's a whole procedure where I had to go to the hospital and, you know, wait with her and then... The day before that, she was, you know, just eating, drinking nothing but liquids and clear liquids. And then that day was, it was just, anyway, there was a big snare up and I decided to get a bunch of housework done. And plus, I was blocked. Blocked, blocked, blocked. I couldn't come up with any ideas. I couldn't come up with any decent comedy. I was just hosed and I felt really bad about it. And I thought, maybe I'm just going to have to skip. I don't know what the hell I'm going to have to do this week. And then right before, right before I went to the hospital... The idea started to fall in the place, into place, and while <laughs> yeah, while I was at the hospital, a bunch of other ideas clicked into place, which allowed me to bring my story together. The story I wanted to tell is now being brought together, as we know. I mean, I had all the basic ideas, but I couldn't get them to fit. The location didn't work. I didn't like who the characters were, and I was trying to force it, and it didn't work, and now it works, and now I've got a story to tell you, and it'll be awesome, I assure you. I hope, anyway. Anyway, I hope you like it. And I'll try not to make it 19 episodes like I did last time with The Snows of Returnal. Um, And uh, yes, so here's the story. It's called The Lightning for Hire. And, you know, with any luck, that, that title will make more sense to you as it goes along. And it's following a theme, a theme that seems to have emerged quite inadvertently. Wow, I'm just tantalizing you with all kinds of useless information. I'm Kaya and Chris Conroy. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, that's techdiff at gmail.com. I didn't put that over in the front part there, did I? I don't think I remember. I don't think I did contact Did I? Contact us at techdiff at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you'd like to hire me for any voice work because I have people hiring me for voice work, and it's awfully nice of them, and it um, you know helps keep my websites up and running and helps replenish my PayPal account for, uh, that kind of thing. Anyway, and the good news is that, um, my copy of Saints Row the Third finally showed up, and, uh, I'm gonna be playing that to keep my brain from overheating and try to keep the panic attacks to a bare minimum. I know that seems ironic, doesn't it? I am totally wasting your time at this point. I'm done. It's a Friday. I'm done, and I'm putting my show up now, so I will talk to you guys next week with more stuff. Oh, and, uh, December, check your calendars, It's still there. December is still there. It's the last one. It's the last page. You'll see it there. It's the one right before January. It's right there. It's usually at the end of the calendar if they weren't nice enough to give you a January page. So check your calendars for December. No, no. What I meant to say was in December, now this is tentative. This could change at any moment, but I've gotten word After a quick trip out to a karaoke bar this week, I've gotten word that December will receive the return of John Henry! At last! Years later! His schedule has finally loosened up enough. He's finally stopped slowing down. Well, he's not slowing down, but he's finally got a loosened up on his schedule from his work schedule to pay for his his writing classes. His, his, you know, heading for his graduate classes in, in writing. And he's finally going to join us again. There may be, there just may be some Zoo Patrol in December. Now I'm done wasting your time. Talk to you guys next week. Okay, we're in. Johnny, isn't it, though? You know, it's a good thing there are a lot of windows. I'd hate to be here in complete darkness. Unfortunately, a lot of the upstairs interior hallways are completely without light except windows on both ends. Some of the rooms have windows. A lot of them don't. But uh, even with the windows, it doesn't help much. Yeah, I can see that. Not a whole lot of sunlight falling on that marsh out there. Yeah, well, direct sunlight doesn't help much either. The darkness really seems to like this place. You know, if there's anything else anyone would like to add to increase the overall unpleasant, spooky, creepy ambience of this place, please feel free. I'm just not feeling it yet. You want me to talk about the cold or the weird hospital smell? Oh, never mind. I can't believe I got out of bed for this. Hanover. Hanover. It it's time to get up. It's dawn. We have to go investigate a creepy hospital. <laughs> Why would I want to do that when you're so warm and soft and cuddly? Well, thanks for saying so. It's really hard to keep my fur conditioned in the wild like this. And you've done an admirable job, sir. You know, I don't want to do this any more than you do, but we do have an obligation as a knight and a squire to do our job and to protect the people of the Midlands and a corporation by getting over there and getting and Oh, who am I kidding? Move back over. <laughs> See, I knew you could be reasonable. Don't make me come in there. Gotta admit the coffee was worth getting up. Pocket latte maker. Never leave a bus without it. So what part of the building are we in, anyway? Well, according to the map that the researchers left us, this should be the south entrance. So where's it, the south entrance? Well, kind of hard to say. Because compasses aren't worth deadly in here, are they? They're just dead. I thought that was one of those auto-lock compasses. You lock it on north and it just stays there. It is. So who else besides me has an excellent sense of direction, then? Well, I'm a tracker and Turby's a bus driver, so we're both probably set. Now how about you? He's a desk jockey and a knight. You want to think filed or bashed in, he's your go-to, man. Otherwise, he just gets lost in his thoughts. My sense of direction's fine. It's just not as good as the rest of yours. The reason I asked is I was going to suggest we break up into pairs. I'm above Baron as a goblin. We've got pretty good night vision, so I was going to suggest we split the lines that way. Works for me. Corporate approved pairs, or are we going to mix things up a bit? Tell you what. You're the goblin. You get tails. Call it, Turby. Tails. Cole, you're with me. Fair enough. There you go, Turvey. Now you don't have to complain about not going off with a pretty girl anymore. And now we're free to talk about you behind your back. You do anyway. So what's your plan, then? Reconnaissance for now. Let's just take in any information we can and report back. Sounds good. We'll head north and east. You guys stick around south and west. How do we stay in touch if we need to? Cole, I take it radios are crap in here. Completely dead. You barely get static. Yelling it is, then. Uh, don't rely on that completely, though. This place is a habit of confusing your senses. And don't rely completely on your sense of direction, either. Well, that will be great trying to meet up back here. Let alone trying to see. All our stuff's battery-operated. I've got that covered. Hmm. Here we go. Hmm. Glow sticks, Thanks. And mechanical timepieces. Egg timers? More reliable than something with a power source. All right, these are preset for two hours, so why don't we go with that? So that's probably enough time. We're trying to make it back here before they run out. Yeah, ideally, but if you run out before then and you're still somewhere in the building, just leave by the nearest exit door, window, whatever. We can always meet up outside. And if the other pair doesn't come out after two hours? Oh, you know, angst, searching, panic, large-scale destruction. You must know the routine by now. All, All right. right, shall we then? Yep. Let's go. section. where to next. You got that map handy. Yeah, here you go. Let's hang on the left here. I want to find a window that looks out on the marsh. What for? Uh, on the back side of the building, there were some wooden catwalks that actually went out into the marsh. They're so probably for bird watching or something. I want to get a look at those. Dine with me? So we said that we were gonna talk about him behind his back. Tell me how do you think he's holding up? I was gonna ask you the same question. You've been with him for six months. Well, he took the training pretty seriously. I'll give him in fact, he took everything pretty seriously. At first, I thought it was because you weren't around he was missing half of the comedy routine. Well, I hope it's more than that, i hate to think I'm just a Mitchell to his web. Not to worry, pretty lady. He missed you a lot. How much? Well, you'd know he, he was sending you text messages for the two weeks he was moping around. Yeah, it was kind of sweet, wasn't it? Only on the receiving end, I assure you. Anyway, once he got into the swing of training, he perked up quite a bit. Learned quite a few new tricks. No new powers, mind you, but he's put some impressive spins on the one because of got. When do you see him in a fight? He's quite impressive. We both become that way. Oh, I'm not worried. When do you catch my new act? I'll look forward to it. Something else, though. Something was weighing on him the whole time, and it wasn't just the pressure of the job. During his more quiet moments, you'd catch him kind of off someplace else. Last night when I went off to take away, so I heard him talking to that laptop. Yeah, he does that. Those damn one-sided conversations of his. You didn't happen to hear the voice by any chance, did you? Of the laptop? No. But I could feel it responding to him. Yeah, it doesn't let you listen unless it wants you to hear it. And have you? Caught the tail end of one of his chats one time. I guess I thought it would be funny if it let me in for just a second. Just a word or two. That's not an experience I look forward to repeating. I don't know how he copes with that thing's voice banging on inside his skull. Mm. Well, I may have been around him longer, but he lets you in closer What what you thinks going on. Couldn't get too deep, I'm afraid. Tried to, but then Cole showed up at the tent and, well, things got a little bit distracting after that. You think he's putting up a wall? More like a chain-link fence. He's not hiding anything per se, but he's being selective about what he lets through. Well, either way, then we start pressing him on his behavior. I don't want him clamming up on us. The last thing we need is to be in the dark about anything else, especially if it's just going on in his head. Hang on. Left turn here. This hallway should take us right to the west exit. Oh, boy. Do, uh, those go all the way to the end of the hallway? As far as I can tell in this light. That's a lot of photocopies. And a lot of free time to get them all the way up across the ceiling like that. One forty-four. Turby. the researchers marked off on the map here whenever they found anything beyond strange and, uh... This hallway wasn't one of those places. No. So, you think those pictures are all the same? One way to find out, isn't there? So, over. I've never actually dealt with one of these uh, angels before. Just wondering what I could be looking forward to. Head games. That's what they're best at. Pretty much everything they're going to say to you is going to be a lie. You can't rely on your logic center. You have to rely on instinct, which is precisely what they want you to do. They want you to react on a base level. Also, somewhere hidden inside that lie is a grain or two of truth, enough to keep you irritated and thinking. This will be a puzzle designed for you to figure out. If you manage to do so before whatever plan it is they have for you, then they'll be betting you'll be game. This is how they interact with sentient creatures to my knowledge. My experience. Never think of it as a game. They're not toying with you. They're preying on you. Hmm. There's a cheerful thought. Besides, games have rules that both parties have to follow. If there are any rules here, they have no problem switching them up on you. So how did you become the field expert on this, though? started out as a shitty day at work. Wrong place at the wrong time. Now look at this. Smashed up reception area like something huge barreled right through it. It's like you said. Yeah, I did it that, didn't I? What really bothers me about this is that all the debris scattering says that whatever it was came from behind the counter. Like it had a good running start, but there's no room for it to get a good running start. Whatever it was must have been incredibly strong. What's bothering me is that this wasn't like this the last time we were through here. Are you absolutely sure about that? Because based on the dust layer and all this debris, this stuff's been in this state for a really long time. I've got the pictures to prove it. Hmm. How about that? I take it from your lack of shock you've been through this before. Shock just gets replaced with a deep concern after a while. Like I said, head games. Oh, no. Stop. Wait. What is it? Listen. Listen. It's coming from up ahead. Come on. Wait. Wait. Remember what I said before. Don't trust your senses too much in here. Oh, don't worry about me. I know this game well enough. These photocopies are going to be the same, but they're not, are they? No, there's at least three different patients' hands represented in these photocopies. They still have the number 144 carved into the palm, but it's about the same thing. And there's this other stuff. Schedules, floor plans, bits of newspaper and magazines. And those Ave Nova flyers with the eyes scratched out. It's like there's a message here, but it's being filtered through insanity. You're sure this wasn't mentioned anywhere in the report? This whole corridor is papered, Turvey. Right over the doors and everything. I think they would have mentioned something this big. So this would have had to have happened after the research team left. You don't think Cole could have done this, do you? Cole? He certainly had the time before we arrived. A few days, if I'm not mistaken. And you saw how tired he looked. Well, maybe. But I'm a pretty good judge of people's sanity. I'm not getting a crazy vibe off of him. Well, if he was even conscious of it. You know what we're dealing with here. It gets inside your head and starts messing around. Yeah. Hey. Hmm? This one's different photograph of the entire hospital, one word written across it in red paint. Worm. I've got one better for you, Turvey. Cole couldn't have been responsible for this, at least not all of it. What do you mean? Look here, someone's left a collage for us. These are all photographs of our campsite taken from last night. steps will come from this direction. It's a T-junction. Should we split up? No, that is absolutely the last thing we should do. You go that way, I'll go this way. Stay in your shot. Don't worry, I will. Don't split up. That's the cardinal rule. It's the rule for everything. It's the rule in movies, it's the rule in books. You're just not supposed to split up. That's the first thing I do. Don't split up. (laughs) Typical. Cole, I don't see anything down here, to do you? Cole? Cole? Oh, shit. Couldn't even wait for two seconds to turn my back before all this- <gasps> Hey, hey, hello? Hey, hey, wait. Cole! Oh, boy. Hello in there. I'm coming in. You don't have to be afraid. I got that part covered for both of us. Hi there. You don't have to be afraid. I won't hurt you. My name... My name's Hanover. What's yours? Helen. Helen. That's a lovely name. So tell me, Helen, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? We really shouldn't be here. You know what? I couldn't agree more. In fact, I'm planning on hightailing it out of here right now. And you know, I have some friends who would probably be really happy to meet someone like you. So, uh, why don't you come along? You no, know, it's... Sorry about that, Helen. I. My timer seems to have died on me. We need to go. It's past curfew. Is being past curfew bad? You have been listening to The Account, A Tale of the Waking World, The Lightning for Hire, Part 3. Written and performed by Kai and Chris Conroy as part of the Technical Difficulties podcast series. To contact this show, it's techdiff at gmail.com. To comment on this show, go over to techdiff.com. Follow us at Twitter at twitter.com slash techdiff. Also over at Facebook, look for Technical Difficulties, and Technical Difficulties at Google+. To be continued next time on The Account.
1: And that's this week's show. Please take a moment to seek out Kyan Chris Conroy at Technical Difficulties. That's with all the C's spelled with K's. Kyan's not just a friend. He's truly a genius. And we all hope he's doing well this year. And it will be a time of great creative expression, whatever form it takes for him.
0: And you can express your thoughts, questions, and requests at sonicsociety at gmail.com or through Twitter at Sonic Society or at AstroTour2010 and at the usual Facebook groups.
1: Until next week, I'm going to find some lovely cake and blow out a bonfire of candles.
0: <laughs> You're I'm not Jack that old, Ward. Jack. You are not that old. <laughs> no,
1: I think I'm Jack Benny, 39.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm David Alt. Have a lovely day, everyone, and we'll see you next week.
1: Good morning and happy birthday to me.
0: Happy birthday, Jack! <laughs>
1: This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
2: It wasn't supposed to be like this.
1: Hey there, Doc. I've got a present for you.
0: Dr. Jonathan Spacer conducting post-mortem analysis.
1: So you're the coroner, the mortician, and a damn cleanup brigade if I need you to be. You got it?
0: Case number 1328. Am I... am I dead? File number... Th- 3367. I'm dead, John. This is about the last amount of fun I'll Case have. Case number 1017. Number 2829. Case number 0477. I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. He took this away from all of us. 31-year-old female pronounced dead on the scene approximately 3 a.m. after a 911 call. Not d-
1: dead. I can't be dead. <laughs> I'm not dead. Not dead. The
0: devil's in the details. And right now there are a few that aren't adding up.
1: That's my head.
0: That's my head on a spike. You don't have my permission. I don't need you. I can figure out everything I need to know just by looking at your body. Nice lie, Doc. Got any more? There's a kid. He says he thinks he killed someone. He wasn't supposed to be here.
1: You've overstepped your bounds on multiple occasions so far. I've helped
0: you solve so many cases already.
1: You were the one saying ghosts always want something from you, but I think it's you who wants something from everyone else. Welcome to Springfield, Doc. Enjoy your stay while it lasts.
0: How I Died. Coming July 2019. You can do this. It's fine. Hey everyone, it's Mark from Leap Audio. I'm here to tell you about something really exciting. July 24 through 26 of 2020, Halifax, Nova Scotia. We are gathering together in the world's first international modern audio drama convention and family reunion. Inspired in part by the living, loving memory of our dear friend Bill Holwake, we're bringing together writers, producers, actors, and our fans for workshops, seminars, and even live performances. So join us, won't you? Go to madcon.com. That's wwwmad c o n for more information. I hope to see you in Halifax in 2020.